What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast, our mission to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. You guys, we have another incredible interview and guest to roll out to you guys today. Let me tell you something. I hope you buckle up for this one because this one is loud, it's fun, it's entertaining, and it is all about the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You guys, something I want to touch on today before I introduce our guest is something that we actually dive into in the midst of the interview, and it's that of what does the word passion actually mean? Because the guest today is one of the most passionate people I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, he just brings and exudes this energy like you've never seen or heard before. But when you look at the word passion, I actually thought of it because I thought of one of my favorite movies, The Passion of the Christ. What it actually means in its Latin and Greek form is that of suffering. And so when you are really looking at what does the passion of the Christ look like, right? I love that movie, but it's not just about his passion or the love that um, Jesus displayed for us at the end of the day. It's partially about it, but it's more so about the suffering that Christ endured while on that cross. You see, it wasn't the nails that held him there, but it was his love for each and every one of us. And what I think is so beautiful and sacrificial um, demonstration of the love that he expressed for us on that cross is that shows us that we can't be passionate about something if we're not willing to suffer for it. And so that's just a thought for you guys, just to begin the episode, to maybe begin your day. What are you willing to suffer for? That really shows us what we're truly passionate about and what we have that deep love and expression of love for. You guys, our guest today is Mr. Stu Epperson. I'm telling you guys, he is hysterical. I hope you love him, but Stu Epperson Jr. is the author of First Words of Jesus, From the Cradle to the Cross, and Last Words of Jesus, First Steps to a Richer Life. He's also the founder and president of the Truth Network that operates radio stations across North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Ohio, and Salt Lake City. The Truth Network also develops and syndicates programs on more than 400 affiliates nationwide. Stu hosts Truth Talk, his own nationally syndicated radio show. In his spare time, he enjoys coaching and playing basketball. Stu lives in North Carolina with his family. He's a member of the board of directors for NRB, YMCA Camp Haynes in North Carolina, Salem Media, and the Persecution Project Foundation, providing medical and spiritual relief primarily in South Sudan. This man does so many things, but let me tell you something, what he talks about today is truly how we can find joy and how we can cling to truth in today's culture and society. And I love one of these quotes that he said. He said that in a culture and society that makes truth relative, our goal as believers is to make the truth relevant. And our truth has a name and his name is Jesus. My friends, Help me introduce my good, good friend, Mr. Stu Epperson Jr. Mr. Stu, thank you so much for joining us today. Honored to be here, man. This is a wonderful podcast, man. This thing's taking off. Everyone's buzzing about this, and it's just I'm just 
honored and blessed to be able to sit in the hot seat today. Well, it's so much fun to have you here in-house, to have you on the show. Um, always an incredible time just getting the opportunity to sit down with you. Like you said, it's always just a bunch of fun. You're the guy that really embodies, I wrote down three words, passion, zeal, and joy. Everywhere you go, I feel like every room you walk in, it just lights up the room. Everyone's got a smile on their face. Laughter fills the air. Um, but for the next couple of minutes, before we dive into more about you, your testimony, different things that you've experienced, you've gone through, and what you want to do to help impact so many and countless lives, I really just want to take a second to help us understand as, a, as listeners, really in our whole entire listening base, that in the nation and culture and society that views truth as relative, what you really exist to do is to help other people know the truth that you and I know and love. So sir, to open us up, can you help our listeners understand what you're seeing out there on the front lines, maybe the brokenness you've been seeing, but also the opportunity that there is to be a light for the cause of Christ? No, that's a great question. So much pain, you know, out of the pandemic, you know, someone said there were more calls to the suicide hotline in California during the pandemic than there were COVID calls. Wow. People, more people taking their own lives now than ever. Mm. Mental health, depression, despair, it's rampant. So truth has become relative to so many. God's called us to make truth relevant, mm. to flesh it out. And this culture is screaming authenticity. They're screaming, we, you know, we're, we're, what does Jesus look like and how are we fleshing him out in our own lives? And it's in brokenness, and it's in pain, yeah. and it's in passion, what you talked about. what a Cool definition. I'm learning yeah. stuff every, every time I listen to you guys here on yeah. this awesome show, that you get a deeper glimpse of who Jesus is and what the mm -hmm. truth is. And I think that's not just true as I get on here. It's easy for Christian leaders to get on and pontificate about the world at large and all that. Yep. But when, I get, when you get right into my heart mm -hmm. and you peel the onion of stew back, yeah. there's a lot of pain that I deal with in here yeah. that where Christ has been super real to me, mm. you know, over the last, you know, even recent season of my life. Mm. I love what you said in a world and culture that views truth as relative, our job is to make truth relevant. That's a great word right there. And sir, like you said, you've gone through the ringer, right? You've gone through tough times. You've everybody in a sense, we all have our mountaintop moments. It's all hunky dory. It's great. It's fun. But we always have to journey through some of the deepest and darkest valleys as well. I love a quote by Dr. Jerry Falwell Sr. He'd always say there are three kinds, three types of people, those entering trouble, those in the midst of trouble or those that just got out of trouble and are getting ready to go right back in. <laughs> Sir, a couple things about you. You're an author. You're the founder and president of the Truth Network, radio stations across the country. You also host your own nationally syndicated show, Truth Talk Live, as well as coach and mentor others through the game of basketball. But for a few moments, can you help our listeners understand maybe some of the most difficult and trying times that God has really used to help shape and form the man that's sitting across from me today? Well, I could take you to the, everyone asked me, hey, Stu, why are you limping? Hmm. And I said, well, you you know, I've got, let's see. I, I say, do you have about seven hours to sit down with me to go over the last 40-plus years of playing ball and all the bang-ups and all yeah. the injuries? And I'm, you can see the big boot I'm wearing today yeah. from a broken foot, you know, where I – Omar hit me with a backdoor pass. Beautiful. I finished left hand yeah. off my left foot, and which won? I never do, and won, and get, won the game. But when I, But when I, when I left the ground, something snapped in that metatarsal, really a football lineman's, you know, injury. Yeah. So I've been in a boot now for, it seems like, eternity. Goodness. But so the – the pain of all that stuff, every single one of those scars, every scar yeah. has a story. Amazing. Mm -hmm. The only scars in heaven will be the scars mm -hmm. of the one that got us there. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're on him and not us is because he 
bore and endured those scars. By his scars, by his stripes, we are healed. Mm. So his scar story, all of our scar stories are really connected to him. Mm. So I can just tell you in those moments of you know, junior year in high school, really when God really got my attention, yeah. almost a fracture but a, a severely sprained ankle in the state quarterfinals of the state of North Carolina, we were set to win the whole thing. Mm. In the first five minutes of the game, I went down and went out, and my ankle blew up. And just in all those, what can you do? You're sitting there. Right. What, what, what do you do? Yeah. Who do you go to? Mm. How many times can you call? Didn't have cell phones. Man, mm-hmm. I would have been all over social media. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been texting. I would have been posting. I would have posted a nice, ugly picture of that big old black and blue ankle. Mm. But so at that point, when there's nowhere else to turn, you call out to the Lord God Almighty. That's right. In Psalm 42, I've been studying that recently. You know, the deer pants after water, so my soul thirsts for thee, O God. That whole psalm is when David's running from his own son who's trying to kill him. Mm. And he's in a cave, and he is literally on the run. He's a fugitive. He's Mm. cut off from God. He's cut off from the people of God. He's going to be killed by his own son. The one that, you know, wanted to grow up and be like him is now trying to kill him. He Mm. sees this deer foaming in the mouth, trying frantically to find water. He says, you know, I'm thirsty for God like that. And it's in that moment he says, why are you quiet? Why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? So he talks to mm. himself, and he, and he reminds himself to hope in God. Wow. And I think that there's so many people out there listening that are in that cave. They're Great. stuck. They're in that wilderness. They're in that what, what's, what the Puritans call the drought or, or the, the despair of soul. Mm. And when you're there and there's only God, what's the old saying? You, know, you don't realize God's all you need until he's all you have. Yeah. You know, so when the bullets were ringing and my wife was attempted murder at my house and the bullets are riddled in all of in our car mm. and the two uh, gunmen and the two attempted murderers are on the loose mm. and it's just me and probably four or five guns that all my friends lent me. Yeah. And we're just in our house, and the alarm is set, but it's not really working too good. Mm. And she's asleep, and I'm sitting there watching a football game, and I'm sitting there scared out of my wits that these guys are going to come in to try to finish the job. Yeah. At some point there, God came in. Mm. At some point. And I haven't talked about this, yeah. and I'm hesitant to talk about it because it's still real tender to my sweet wife, who's yeah. amazing. She is a hero. Absolutely. She kept that car. We stayed in that house. Mm. You don't know how most people had been gone maybe to Canada or to another country. Mm-hmm. by now and you know david jeremiah called just a few hours before this moment mm. and to pray and, and i tried to put him on speakerphone and she didn't you know most people david jeremiah calls you're like hey I, oh wow. right hi dr G. i spent all my life trying to track that guy down just <laughs> right. you know just sign my bible you know shake my hand <laughs> she didn't want to talk to anybody mm. she's she was you know i mean of course we love dr jeremiah but yeah but she couldn't talk she was so broken and so tender you know someone just tried to murder her you know mm. earlier that day and so uh, he prayed with us, a most gracious prayer. But then that night when everyone's gone, everyone that brought the spaghetti had left the yeah. room. Everyone that brought the lasagna and the chicken pie. That's what you get, right, when you go through a tough time. That's right. That's okay, right. The, 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 the refrigerator's stocked. Yeah. The, you know, the kitchen's full. Yeah. But we, our house is empty. And I'm like, mm-hmm. We're all, who am I going to call at 1145 at night? I'm sitting there. And mm-hmm. so I just called out to God. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, the glory of God met me in my soul. In that moment, God said to me in a whisper, it's okay. Hmm. You're going to be okay. That's right. I got you. And there was just a sense of his power, his presence, grace. I can't even explain it to you. I get chills thinking about it right now. Yeah. But it couldn't have been a darker moment because you know that you know at some point someone's going to come in one of the crevices of your property, yeah. cr- you know, crack a door open and come in and kill your family. Hmm. You don't know where they are. The hmm. police are looking for them. Everyone of their neighbors calling me. What happened? Well, I heard that. I saw the news. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
But it was that moment that God really shown his grace in there mm. and g- gave us hope yeah. that he had us, that there's a sense to which, and this, this, I say it all the time, you know, we have this, the Sunday school antidotes, by the way, don't work yeah. when you're King David in a cave about to get slaughtered by your own son. Mm. You know, those little cute little Christianette, Christianettes for, you know, yeah. you know, the Christianese. Vignettes for Christianettes don't yeah. always, you know, land. They're true. Now, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Yeah. But in that moment when it's just you and God, mm. And he's all you got. Mm. Something just happened, and God showed Himself real to you. And I love what Greg Laurie said it. Doctor Lutzer said it. Your dad said it yeah. so many times that the believer in Christ is invincible mm. until God wants to take him home. Wow. So, so ain't no one going to lay a hand on you. Right now, the the scripture, of course, you know, I believe out of Isaiah is no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. That's right. Because we're your, we're His child. Mm-hmm. So, no one, even in that suffering, even in that that depth of despair, even that pain, there is no one that can have at you. And, but there's a power in the Psalms. Psalm 42 is one of them. Mm-hmm. Psalm 34 is another one of them. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered yeah. him from all his troubles. Many are the afflictions mm-hmm. of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Not one of his bones will be broken, which is a messianic you know, psalm what would come centuries later with Christ on the cross. Yeah. But the beauty of that psalm is there was one who was not delivered from the pain. There was mm-hmm. one who was not delivered when he wept, when he had sweat that was as drops of blood. Yeah. There was one that was not mm-hmm. that was not delivered when he came into his own and his own did not receive him. Mm-hmm. He came into the world that he created and the world knew him not. Mm-hmm. But he was not delivered. He was when he was sacrificed at Calvary, there was no voice that said spare the son as in the case of Isaac right. and Abraham. There was no voice that said what save him. There was no deliverer like King David was delivered, but when mm. the son of David came, he was not delivered so we could be, mm. so that by his stripes we are healed. Amen. So therein is the gospel. That's right. So I can't look at you, Zach, and say, I feel your pain. Right. I can't I can't say that. Mm. I can say it, but I don't. Yeah. I can't, you know, and I've I followed your career. I followed your injuries. I followed, mm-hmm. you know, your your ups and downs through your dad, who's your biggest fan in the world, and <laughs> yeah. which made me your your second right. biggest fan. To, I've seen you play. But the thing is, mm. is Jesus Christ can look at us with those those piercing eyes, and He can say, "I feel your pain. That's right. I felt your pain. That's right. And right now, I am with you, making intercession for you. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Great Comforter." Mm. I am in your pain to carry you through, like the footprints in the sta- sand, mm. which we have to look back and see, wow, we're, there's only one set of prints because he's carrying us. That's right. But the question is, are we willing to call upon his name? Are we willing in that moment to call to him? We pick up the phone and call everybody else. Mm. But are we willing to call to him? The best friend I can be to anybody is to say, hey, listen, I can't help you with that. Yeah. I can. And I can maybe tell you some things you want to hear. But right. let me let me introduce you to one who can solve every problem, who mm. is the answer to every question, That's right. who's the solution to every dilemma. His right. name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I can't fix you, and you don't want me to start to try it because look how messed up I am. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you who, who is the fixer of every broken heart, mm. the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Wow. I mean, that was powerful just hearing you just share everything right there. And I appreciate your vulnerability when you're sharing about some of those difficulties and challenges because those are tough things. I actually wrote down that, you know, being in the mental health field, we sometimes can see those negative experiences or those tragic events or those moments of failure or intense insecurity, even bad decisions and mistakes from our past. What they tend to do is they all lead to trauma, right? And that trauma can then ultimately affect the truth that God is ultimately intended for our lives. And Satan would love nothing more than to allow some of those things to affect the truth about ourselves, the truth about others, and ultimately the truth about God, right? We are meant to have a relationship with God, as you're saying. In some of my most difficult moments, I felt God really imprint on my heart in the absence of clarity, right? There's an invitation to intimacy with me. I love what you were mm. saying about sometimes when we don't have anything else but God, sometimes being at rock bottom is beautiful because we can realize that God's the rock at the bottom. And so just yeah. understanding these things, sir, what I wanna ask you is that um, if we dive into John 14, verse six. It reminds us that Jesus is the way, he is the truth and he is the life that no man comes to the Father except through him. Several times throughout scripture, it references this idea of clinging to God in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of uncertainty, when you don't know where to go anymore. Sir, how are you clinging to God in your daily life to just yeah. grow and build and foster that relationship with him? Yeah. Well, you know, in the, you go in the word, of course, God's word is so powerful, it's changed yeah. my whole life. Yeah. But seeing the word, not just as an academic, not just to get through this reading, it's, you know, not just numbers or, or letters on a page, but this is God. God's texting us mm -hmm. all the time. I tell my ballers all the time, say, hey, if you if if, if LeBron texted you, say, hey, we're going to go off for the weekend to my <laughs> private island that I own. I'm going to fly you out, steak dinners for everybody, great time, new shoes and swag for everyone. And he's texting you that. Would you open that text? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, right. I, and all my ballers say, right. man, are you kidding me? They look at me like <laughs> I'm nuts to even ask the question. I say, what if the God of the universe texted you? Mm. Would you open that text? <laughs> of course. Well, I go to church. Well, right. my grandma's been praying for me. I say, mm -hmm. well, why have you been ignoring his text all day today? He's been texting you like crazy all day today. Mm -hmm. It's called the Word of God. Mm -hmm. You know, and like that old quote, we all say, we love this, right? You know, well, how can you say God is silent when your Bible stays shut? Mm -hmm. So God's texting. So his Word, I mean, I've, I've just being in the Word and studying the Word, and I love what, I think it was Henry Blackaby said in his book, Experiencing God. I mean, this yeah. was a powerful book that I encourage everyone to read. He said, look, truth, at the end of the day, truth is a person. Mm -hmm. We make tr we right. hear the word truth. It's like, well, true that, true, you know, what's up? Well, that truth, you know, we say it all the time and yeah. facts, whatever. But we make it sound like it's just something that's that's accurate, that's factual, whatnot. But when God, when when God saw we were desperate and we mm -hmm. needed a savior mm -hmm. and we were sinners bound to a Christless eternity in hell, He didn't send a program. Right. He didn't send a bunch of points, a bunch of pragmatic steps or practical things. He didn't even send a plan. He mm -hmm. sent a person. That's right. John 1.14, the word became flesh and mm. dwelt among us, mm. and we beheld his glory. Mm. So when you're looking on the word, you're hearing from the, the living word, Jesus Christ himself. And so really stepping into, this is a relationship That's with right. a living God. Mm. You know, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me, I am his child. Mm. You know, like the great, you know, the great hymn, That's right. the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory wow. and his grace. So that's something that's really and being you know honestly being around people yeah being around people that love the Lord young man yeah. that's calling on my daughter right now yeah I took him to our home church last weekend mm. and godly man little younger than me 
Definitely better at ball than me. <laughs> we play ball. We minister all these guys at our church Saturday mornings, you know, 6 a.m. Yeah. And I said real quick, I said, Pastor Stephen, you got, you know, tell tell Noah real quick. Well, give him a good word. Give him a good, you know, challenge in the Lord. Like, you're his age. What would mm-hmm. you challenge him? He's in, he's new in the Lord. What would you say? And without even pausing, without even, you know, blinking, Pastor Stephen said, community find godly community that's right and you say a lot on here you know you're, you're yeah. you are the sum of your five friends yep i look at my nephew over here in our studio audience and say hey yeah. hey winston you're going to be like the five people that are around you so yeah. so who are you who are your mighty men who are building into you mm. who are discipling you who you're discipling who who are growing in christ and that right there has made a huge difference for me i mean i'll mm. get calls from people that that'll kick me in the shins and i need it spiritually let's say Stu, what are you doing why, why did you talk to your wife why were you nicer to the waitress in the restaurant mm. when we all had dinner last night than you were to your sweet wife what's mm. going on here and that praise god for that absolutely for the wounds of a friend proverbs 27 iron mm. sharpens iron proverbs 27 open sure. rebuke is better than secret love Proverbs 27, it's all mm. right there. Open rebuke isn't public shaming. It's it's honest, transparent. Hey, brother, I love you. Man, I'm seeing this in your life. Or, hey, brother, mm. you're a little more mature in Christ than me. Can you help me? <laughs> right. Hallelujah. You can disciple right. me now. You know, let's it. get together. Let's grab coffee and please pour into me. You know, in, in that, so that kind of, those kind of relationships have been game changers for me, trying Absolutely. to be in those and then trying to be. So many folks are sitting around like, well, no one, I don't have any Pauls. No one's pouring in me. Well, just look at mm. your little brother. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting there. He doesn't have his license. He just wants to go get ice cream once in a while. Yeah. We'll pour into him. That's right. That could be the next Billy Graham right there in your literally you know, down the hall from you mm. for Pete's sake. So, it, be, you know, being intentional, proactive, mm. Jesus said, go make disciples. It involves going, That's it right. involves making, it involves discipling. Mm. That's just pouring the Jesus in you into the others and building them up. What's their spiritual gift? How are they in the Word? How are they feeding themselves? How are they making disciples of others? I mm. want to build into that that younger man of God, That's like right. my nephew here, so that That's he right. can go build into a bunch of other folks. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of folks on his high school uh, football team in Colorado that I will never meet, I'll never see. But if I pour Jesus into him, mm. suddenly there's 30 guys that are going to hear that see the light of Christ. Yep. You know, because his and that's discipleship. Well, that's it, and yeah. so that's something that's that I'm only here because coaches mm. and godly men took me under their shoulder, pr- you know, prayed with me, and just put up with the, with the you know the crazy stew mm. of, my, of my younger that's days. It. And thank God for that. That's right. And I think, like you're saying, there's a significance to the relationship factor. Genesis two eighteen says, "Not good for man to be alone." And also, when not only talking about the relationships we have here on earth, but like you're really saying, a relationship with God is so essential, and that's how He views it. James four eight, draw near to God, and mm. He too will draw near to you. And so I think of also, you know, First Kings nineteen comes to mind when we talk about difficult seasons of life when Elijah fled and he went to seek God at Mount Oreb, right, the Mount of God, and that's when God actually came to him in that small whisper and that still small voice and asked him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Sometimes we can lose sight during the difficult seasons of our life when it gets really challenging that God is a God who's not just the promise maker, but he's the promise keeper. And he provides time and time again but life sometimes makes us forget why we do what we do as believers, why we believe what we believe, why we believe the truth that we believe ultimately. 
What I want to dive in here for a second is that sometimes it's really easy for us to ask those why questions. I'm sure a listener out there today has asked, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Or why is God allowing something like this to happen to me? But what I believe is the first thing we have to understand is that nothing bad comes from God, but also God doesn't just allow us to go through difficult seasons. He actually is in the midst experiencing the difficulty and the challenge with us. I wrote down what we were talking about beforehand was one of my favorite movies that's often played played several times all over TV during Easter is Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. And what I want our listeners to really understand today is that passion is actually a very unique word. It actually finds its roots in both the Latin word passio and the Greek word pathos, which both mean suffering. I think a lot of people, though, believe that not only the passion of the Christ, but also just the relationship with God is all about Jesus' passion, his love for his people. And that's partially true. Of course it is. But it's actually more so about the suffering that Christ endured while on the cross. And what this beautiful and sacrificial demonstration of his love on the cross showed us is that I don't think you can be passionate about something if you're not willing to suffer for it. Jesus was so passionate for his people, and he still is, that he endured great suffering to demonstrate that love for us. So Mr. Stu, in understanding that perspective, I think what it instills within us is this renewfound joy. And you are one of the most, like I said initially, one of the most joyous people I think I've ever met. You bring just such life to the room, and I think you're a beautiful reflection of Jesus. So can you help me understand where that joy comes from and maybe how other people, our listeners, can be pressing into that joy today? Yeah, it's a great question. It's interesting. I was playing ball with the guys and I called a foul. I don't call a lot of fouls. Yeah. I actually like I like the the struggle and I like I like to, to bang, you know, you know, yeah. playing ball. It's fun get to it. get banged around and you know, no one wants to play with someone that's just call you know, you, you barely sneeze and they call a foul on you. <laughs> but I, I got hit pretty hard coming down the lane. Right. And so I called a foul. And one of the guys yell, one of the guys at the, at the gym calls me Joel Osteen. He just mm. that's who, he, just, he just calls me Joel. He says, Olstein, hey, come here, Olstein. Give us a word about God, because I always insist on doing a little devotion. He's like, Olstein, yeah. get your word out so we can play. So anyway, I guess I'm old and fat enough to get, get, get the grief I get, so I've earned it. But, but I called a foul, and one of the guys said – the guy that fouled me was mad, mm. but he wasn't mad like – this is a – these are all kind of like – we're all like family, yeah. you know, but they're all respectful. But he's like, man – Still, how could, he said it jokingly. He said, "How can you say all that stuff, man? I thought you were this big, Christ, you know, Christian radio guy preaching and doing stuff mm-hmm. on the radio. I mean, how how could you make a call like that?" And I said, without even you know hesitating, I said, "Man, that's just a big show. I just do that on Sundays. I just do that on the radio. That's not really me." Mm-hmm. And they all laughed. They barely <laughs> laughed. And I think they barely laughed is because, sadly, our culture, you know, is you know, is is the is the it, our our Christian culture becomes almost the embodiment of that bumper sticker that said, "Lord, save me from your followers." You know? Right, right. <laughs> Got no problems with Jesus, yeah. but all these Jesus followers that are, mm. you know. So honestly, if any joy of the Lord I have is, you know, it's, He says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right. Yeah. So it's all, you know, by, it's you know, Philippians four thirteen, great verse. But yeah. we we focus on. The I and the, the can and the yeah. do, we, yeah. and pretty much we could just almost leave it there. You know, mm-hmm. I can do it. It's all about me and getting myself jazzed up to win the championship game. Yeah. But the most powerful two words in that verse are through Christ. Yeah. Yep. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Those mm-hmm. four words right in the middle are the 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 heart, the meat between the bread. You know, of the, right. the of the gospel. It's Jesus Christ who does it all. Mm-hmm. So honestly. God has uh, really humbled me, yeah. and, and and so any joy that comes out of this earthen vessel is because of His grace and His goodness. Hmm. And and something that's I think is huge that I want to say 
is one thing God's convicting me of that I'd say to my younger self is quit trying to fix people. Yeah. I think that's something that, you know, I see, you know, I see your language, mm-hmm. I hear your language, I see your music, I see mm-hmm. tats, and I'm just suddenly trying to fix you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're like, you know, and so, and so as I've aged in the Lord, I've realized, wow, it's mm-hmm. taken God, a miracle of God, to fix me. Right. To where I am to, to fix this broken vessel, and He's still working on me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, it in you until the day of so, Christ Jesus. Philippians one six. So I look and I say, Wow, I got to quit trying to fix and just connect and love people. Yeah. And connect them to Jesus because mm. there's no one, there's no thing, there's no issue He can't fix. Amen. That's why He came. That's right. And so many people will call shows. And they'll call all these programs, and they'll call when I'm on live radio. I'm hosting a live radio show after this show in an hour, and they'll say, "I got a real problem in my marriage. I got a real mm. problem." This, and first of all, I'm saying, "Look, first of all, the truth is only Jesus can. It's not some radio show and quick soundbite. Maybe I can say say the smartest thing that the last talk show host that you called, right. you know, and, and peppered with all your problems, you know, said. Mm. But ultimately, you want to ask this question." Where do you go to church? Mm. And is that church, the goal, the church is a disciple factory. That's right. The goal of the church is to disciple, to build. And if the church can't help you with your suicidal tendencies, with your deep depression, mm. with the struggle in your marriage, with the, the hate that you have for people in your own family, right. if the church can't step up and help you, there's a big problem. That's right. Find a church that really gets into That's what we're supposed to be doing. And there's mm. churches, by the way, that long to help oh, yeah. you with that. But they have maybe members that are just pew sitters. They're on the pew. They're not in the game. Mm. So it's a challenge to me, everyone listening and everyone talking, especially me, to go and serve the needs of the body in the church and and point people because the goal of the church is the body of Christ. It's to Mm. bring people to Jesus. And once you get people to Christ, Mm. everything changes. That's right. Jesus changes everything. Mr. Stu, man, you just bring such fire and such passion. I think one of your greatest gifts truly is that of encouragement. Um, I'm so thankful for the impact that you've had on my life. But as we come to a close, what I always love to do is just leave the door open for all of our guests to kind of share something that God has placed on their hearts for Mm. such a time as this. So today, I really want you to speak to the person who maybe is out there struggling today, the person who doesn't maybe know who or what truth really is, to the person who's experienced, currently still maybe experiencing difficulty, challenge, adversity in his or her life, to the person who feels discouraged, disappointed, and maybe just distant from the Lord. Sir, what's your word of hope, encouragement, and motivation for our listeners today? Call upon the name of the Lord. Mm. That which, if you're a believer, you are saved today because you called upon the name of the Lord. Mm. And if you're a believer and you're struggling, you know what you need? You need Jesus just as much this second as you did when you were a newborn baby. That's right. Why does Peter say, as newborn babes, 1 Peter 2, 2, desire Mm. the pure milk of the word that you may grow by it. That's right. So he wants to grow you. He wants to feed you. He wants to lead you. Psalm 23, Mm. thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You lead me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. Mm. Only he can do that. So quit looking to other people, other things, other institutions Mm. to feed you. Even the church, you got to get that word on your own. You go Mm. to church to get built up and get around a bunch of other folks that love Jesus, and you just feed off each other, and you go to be discipled and to to make disciples and Mm. to be a part of that so you can scatter and leave that place and go reach this lost and dying world. Mm. So I would say call upon him. Make your life Christocentric. Mm. Make your life 
bibliocentric. Why is why is my life centered around the Bible? Because the Bible takes me to Jesus. That's right. The Bible's his book about him. Yeah. It, it shows him. He's he is the theme of scripture. His name, his redemptive story pulsates from page to page, from Genesis one to Revelation twenty two, all mm-hmm. the way through the whole book of the, the whole Bible is that scarlet thread of redemption. And then finally, be missiocentric. What does that mean? That means go tell someone about Jesus. There's two point yeah. five billion people on planet Earth that have mm-hmm. never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. They would pay as Everything in their in their bank, all the little money they have to listen just to this podcast with yeah. uh, with just to hear about Jesus. That's right. And so, who are you telling about Jesus? Let me tell you something. You got real big problems. Mm. Let me tell you the problem that Zach and Stu don't have. Mm. We don't have the problem of being on our way to hell right now. That's right. We don't have the problem of our sins being unforgiven. Amen. We don't have the problem of that. But guess what? We've been saved. So let's be a solution to the main problem that everyone has that doesn't know Jesus, and that is the gospel. Mm. So who are you taking the gospel to? That's right. So I'm Christocentric. Jesus Christ is everything to me. He's my all in all. I'm bibliocentric because the Bible keeps me connected to him, and it feeds my soul. It nourishes me. I'm missiocentric mm. because the world needs to hear about that. Yeah. Why do you think we're still hanging around this planet? That's right. Christ hasn't come back yet because there's people, 2.5 billion plus, who've never heard. Mm. So how am I taking the gospel to my neighbor? How mm. am I? not fixing them, but connecting them with the one who can fix them and fix their greatest problem, and that Mm. is the need for Jesus Christ, the only one who can satisfy the thirsty soul, the living bread, the water of life, who said, you drink this water, John 4, 14, you will never thirst again. It'll bubble up in you like a wellspring to flow out. And so how is Jesus flowing out of me into others who desperately need to know him? Wow. Wow, 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 amen and amen. Mr. Stu, I cannot thank you enough uh, for taking the time to come over here, your willingness to join me on the show. Like I said, thank you for being an encouragement to my life specifically and to countless others. You're a blessing, sir. Keep doing what you're doing because I know God has his hand on you. We love you. Thank you, man. Just an honor to be on and to hang out and just talk about Jesus. That's it. For Where did that time go? I talk know. about him. It just goes by. It goes quick. And then we get to leave the studio and tell other people about him. Let's go. What a, what a privilege. What a pleasure. You That's know? right. Thank you, sir. Man, everybody, I don't know about you, but that was such an incredible and a very encouraging episode from my heart and my spirit today. I hope it encouraged you just as much. I want to end with this. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 say, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. My friends, some of the difficult seasons that maybe you're going through can ultimately produce some of the greatest harvest seasons that you'll ever experience in your life. And I just want you to understand this, that pain and difficulty can coexist with joy. Joy is a choice, right? Happiness is really based on our external circumstances, but joy is inward. Joy is found ultimately in the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what God's word says. And so just like Stu saying, if we can just continually press into a relationship with God, if we can continually foster that, if we can continually build that up, if we can continually draw near to God, James 4, 8, he too will draw near to us. And my friends, that is how we fill up our cup. That's how that joy overflows from our cups every single day. We don't just wanna give people what's left of our cup, right? The bottom, the wasteland stuff. No, we want our cup to be overflowing. And that's what God offers us. Remember, this life with Jesus, it doesn't promise the absence of pain 
But the good news is that he's in the midst of your pain and he's experiencing every tear, every sorrow, every worry, every angst, all of those things with us. He is the answer that we're ultimately looking for. My friends, thank you so, so much for joining us. And we hope to see you next time on the Built Different Podcast.